Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. So everyone that's a part of this congregation, you are their pit crew. And those of you that intercede for them on a day-to-day basis, you are their personal, what is it, intercession team. Their personal intercession team. You're their pit crew. So if you are assigned to this ministry and you are a part of this local body, you are a part of the pit crew for this man and woman of God. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. When you think about the word servant, a servant is a person that performs duties for others. One that is devoted and a helpful follower. One that is humble before the Lord. One that is ready to move anytime God inspires him or her or nudges them to move forward and to meet the needs of other people. That's the heart of a servant. One of the qualities of a servant is you must be humble. Another quality of a servant is you must have compassion. Another quality of a servant is you must have empathy. Those are three words in mercy. Those are four words that you will hear a little bit throughout this message. And it's going to tie into the heart of a servant. Now I'm coming out of Luke chapter 10 if you want to open your Bibles and get there. And once you see where I'm at, you may be like, how does this tie into the heart of a servant? Because it's talking about the good Samaritan. But it indeed ties into the heart of a servant. If you have it, say praise the Lord. Amen. But before I read that, I want to read this. A servant's work is important because of the one that gave the assignment. A true servant take it to heart when an assignment has been given because they want to please the one that gave the assignment. And you can indeed see that in this man and woman of God. The assignment, you know, Pastor Stroud was thinking this morning, Kingdom Rock was in your spirit. When you was a child, even in your mother's womb and before your mother's womb, it was already there. I remember, I believe it was 1997, 98. You started on the radio. So I remember this stuff because it's dear to my heart. You were doing it on the radio and you said it's called Kingdom Rock. And the same fire, the same passion, the same enthusiasm that this man of God had when God spoke that into his spirit is still there. But it has increased. That same fire, passion, and desire is still there because you want to please the one that gave you the assignment. That is indeed the heart of a servant. You know, you you battled all the naysayers, the suitsayers, you know, the undersayers, the undervalues, those that looked over you and thought that you want to go and accomplish what God has put in your heart. But when God put something in you, There's nothing that no one or nobody can do to cause that thing to be aborted. No trial, no temptation, no whatever it is, it cannot stop it. Because you indeed, you and First Lady Stroud have the heart of a servant. And you want to bring pleasure to the one that gave you both the assignment. The heart and nature of a true servant desires to serve rather than be served. You all see it all the time. Y'all see it constantly. You see it constantly. This man and woman of God, they, 
they would probably rather come clean the church up themselves than call somebody else to do it. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm, I'm just keeping it real. I'm going to keep it 100. Like the young folks say, I'm going to keep it 100. They would much rather come clean it up than to get up to pick up the phone. and They don't want to bother nobody because they realize the assignment. But because of your servitude unto the Lord, you both are giants in the spirit. You are spiritual giants. Way bigger than any Goliath. Because you're serving on the right side. Goliath was on the wrong side. He was a giant, but he was on the wrong side. But you two are giants in the spirit because you're on the right side. And I speak this to you before I go any further. The best is yet to come. God is going to send help in the sanctuary. Help is coming. It's on the way. The load shall be lifted. The load shall be lifted. I release that prophetically the load shall be lifted. Help is coming into the sanctuary. I'm not saying that you don't have help already, but you need some more assistance. I'm going to get to the word. The Lord spoke something in my spirit and I looked at it from a natural perspective. He said pit crew. A pit crew, P-I-T crew. Anyone that, you know, you watch racing, they have what they call a pit crew. And the purpose of the pit crew is so that the driver never have to leave the vehicle. The driver never have to leave the vehicle. The driver of that car never leaves the steering wheel. He's always in a position to go forward. The pit crew has multiple people. There's about 20 people on a natural pit crew. You have one to take the lugs off, one to take the tire off, one to put the tire on, one to put the lugs on, one to jack it up in the front, one to jack it up in the back, one to let it down, one to let it down in the front and in the back. Somebody is assigned to do everything around the driver. So everyone that's a part of this congregation, you are their pit crew. And those of you that intercede for them on a day-to-day basis, you are their personal, what is it, intercession team. Their personal intercession team. You're their pit crew. So if you are assigned to this ministry and you are a part of this local body, you are a part of the pit crew for this man and woman of God. You ought to give yourself a hand clap of praise for obeying God. You're a pit crew. God is sending help in the sanctuary, so I'm telling you, it's coming. I decree it in Jesus' name. It's coming, woman of God. The load is going to be lifted. Let's get into the word. Luke 10 is the story of the, the good Samaritan. We'll start at verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So this lawyer, you know, lawyers are pretty educated people. So he called himself going to challenge Jesus. You see what the scripture said? It said tempted him. He was trying to challenge Jesus. I, I don't think he had any idea who it was he was dealing with. Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, what is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answered saying, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shalt live. 
Verse 29. But he willing to justify himself. See, he was trying to trap Jesus, but he's trying to turn around and justify his own self. Because some of what Jesus told him, undoubtedly, he wasn't doing. So what that word did, it made him do inventory of himself. That has answered well, right. This do and thou shalt live. But he willing to justify himself said unto Jesus. And who is my neighbor? You know, he probably said it all sarcastic like. Who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered saying. Now this one we're going to get into the meat of the word. And Jesus answered saying a certain man. Didn't give a name. He just said a certain man. I'm sure there's times in y'all's life where y'all always run across certain people. <laughs> Don't even know their name sometimes, but you run across certain people. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves. This man was on a journey and he fell among thieves. Which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Half dead. Now I want you to grab hold of that word. He was half dead. So when something is half dead, that don't mean it's dead. So if it's half dead, it needs a revival. Because revival is a recovery of breath. And that's what God is doing. He's reviving you to today. You're going to be revived. It's not that something has died, but it's something that's threatening to die. Because you too do so much. You give so much of yourself. You give and give and give and give. How often do you drive on the same tank of gas? Can you do that? Can you drive 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 days on the same tank of gas? That tank has to be revived. It's got to be refilled. Not that the car is out of gas, but it is threatening to run out. So you have to stop at the service station to get a refill. So what God is going to do today through this word, he's going to refill you and revive you both and give you a refreshing that shall come from the presence of the Lord. Because it is overdue. You both need it because of the labor of love you have shown to others. The Lord has got to breathe on you once again. Thirty-one says, and by chance there came down a certain priest. Didn't even give the priest name. Said a certain priest. I'm sure you know a lot of men of God. A lot of them. I'm sure you know a lot of men of God. Now this 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 part is twofold because you know, under the law, you know, if a priest sees somebody that's been beat or they appear to be dead, you know, they had to because you couldn't touch nothing dead. That was their custom. By chance there came down a certain priest that way. The same way the man that got beat and robbed. And when he saw him, the Bible says he passed on the other side. He passed on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him. He walked over and looked at the man. So... And the scripture says, and passed by on the other side. So he got a little closer than the priest. Because he looked on and said, I want to get involved in it. I'm going to mind my business. I'm going to mind my own business. There's been people that y'all have seen that everybody else overlooked. They minded their business. But because you both have the heart of a servant, you were willing to take a risk.
And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. Verse 33. But a certain Samaritan, it specifically identified not a name, but who he was. A certain Samaritan. You know, the Samaritan was considered as outcast, you know, half breeds. The Jews, we don't have nothing to do with y'all. Samaritan, y'all half breeds, y'all mixed. So we don't want to deal with y'all. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, the Bible says he had compassion on him. Now, I want to read it to you in the Message Bible. This is what it says in the Message Bible. Verse 33 says, his heart went out to him. His heart went out to him. Then it goes on to say, and went to him. So he went over to him. He bounded up his wounds, poured in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast. The heart of a servant, selfless, not selfish. And brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, take care of him. He didn't know who the man was. He said, take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendeth more, when I come again, I will repay thee. So when you go back up to verse 33, when the scripture says he had compassion and in the message Bible, it says his heart went out to him. A servant's heart is filled with compassion. A true servant's heart is filled with empathy. A true servant's heart is filled with compassion. A true servant's heart is filled with mercy. Now this is going to blow your mind. You probably already know it. The Hebrew word for mercy and compassion is rachamim. And what that means is womb. W-O-M-B. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. Don't play. W-O-M-B. Wound is a place where something is formulated, where something is birthed, where something is conceived, and it creates an avenue for something to pass through. Did not the Bible say that his heart went out to him? And the King James said, and he had compassion. So if compassion and mercy means rakash him, mim, which means wound, when you come around people that everybody else overlooked because of your wound of your heart, something is poured out. And because you have poured out so much, God is going to refill you. He's going to refill you. As I said, that word means rachamim, which derives from the most motherly organ in the human body, the womb, W-O-M-B. And you know what the womb is? It's the controlling center of our emotions and the source of compassion. Not wound, W-O-U-N-D, but womb, W-O-M-B. And indeed, you both have been wounded by some people. You have been wounded, cut, scarred, talked about, lied on, criticized, low-rated, backstab, frontstab, sidestab, oops, upside the head. All that has happened. 
But because of your labor of love and you have the heart of a servant, you have the heart of God. God has got to breathe on you once again and refill you to the capacity so that he can continue to use you to the fullest for his glory. Anything these two do, I can guarantee you without a shadow of doubt. They don't take credit for it. They give it all back to Jesus. I can guarantee you that because I know them not by the flesh but by the spirit. The Lord says, I look upon the heart. Man looks on the outward appearance. I tell you what, these two look the same that they did when I met them in 96. Don't look like they aged a bit. You know why? Because they have the heart of a servant and they spend time in the presence of the king. And when you're amongst the king, Jesus Christ, he will revive you. He will restore you. He will keep you. He will refresh you. Because the scripture said that Moses was 120 when he died. His eye was not dim. Neither was his natural force abated. Can you imagine a man at the age of 120 still walking around like he's 19? Just as strong as he was when he was a youth and still could see just as clear as the best of them. Not only that, Caleb at the age of 80 years old decreed, the Lord said I can have this mountain. Give me my mountain. You're in a season to take your mountain, man and woman of God. You're in a season where God is elevating you like never before. You're in a season where you're on the uprising. And like I like to say this right here. Your elevation requires your participation. And because you have partnered up and desired to participate with what God has given you to do, you are going to be elevated. Just like when you go into a natural elevator, you don't step in the elevator and it take you up. You got to mash the button. You got to participate to go to the next level. Participation requires, you know what? Elevation requires your participation. And because you both have participated in the work of God. And he's so gracious and so merciful. And because y'all love him so much, he's going to skip a couple floors and take you on up. You know how kids in school, they get put in those accelerated classes. They may be in the third grade, but the next year they put them in the fifth. They skip a couple and elevate them up because there's something in them. Because of the mission. Because of the mission. And y'all's desire to serve from a genuine place, not to get recognition from men, but to bring glory unto the Father. The Lord Jesus is going to skip a couple floors for y'all. You might have been on floor number 10. But you're going to end up on floor number 13. And 13 ain't bad. You know, for yours, Friday the 13th. 13, if you really understand and study out the word 13, it ain't bad. That's just a religious mindset people got. 13 ain't bad. But God is going to call you to, to skip a couple levels because of y'all's dedication. And I'm going to go back to this part. When that Samaritan saw that man on the side of the road beat, wounded, left for dead, all his stuff gone, 
That Samaritan took a risk. Because he had no idea if the thieves were still around. He didn't know if the thieves were still around. He had no idea. But he saw someone that was polluted in their own blood. Don't that sound like Jesus? He said, when I saw you polluted in your own blood. Ah! You see people all the time polluted in their own blood. And because you have the heart of a servant, there's many a times that you both are willing to take a risk. Everybody else will walk by. Some on this side, some on that side. But y'all sometimes will get right in the pathway of danger to protect those around you. I tell you, saints, you have a mighty, powerful man and woman of God. Don't take them for granted. Don't take it lightly. I'm telling you, you I'm, look here, I'm telling you what I know by the spirit. These two are giants in the spirit. They're giants in the spirit. I'm telling you. With your media, you're reaching millions. You have sons and daughters that you'll never meet. You both have sons and daughters that you will never physically meet. I can assure you that there's people in other countries that say, Pastor Samiko and Pastor Mark, those are my pastors. I can guarantee you that it is. You have sons and daughters you will never physically see with your eyes. But lo and behold, because you both have been good stewards and good servants, when you stand before the Lord and he say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over that which is little. Now enter into the joy of the Lord. You will see your sons and daughters. That's a broad. You're going to see them one day. You may even meet some while you're on this earth, but you will see them in glory because the word of God that's coming out of y'all's mouth, it is reaching thousands, hundreds, millions. I'm telling you, that word is traveling. You know why? Because it's the unadulterated word of God. And did not the Lord say it is my word that shall go out of my mouth and accomplish what I sent it forth to do, and it will not return unto me void. Because they carry such a heavy anointing, they have to really watch what they say because God will honor it. Hear me what I say. They have to be very careful what they say. <laughs> they have to be careful what they let come out of their mouth. You know, sometimes y'all probably be around, I'm saying y'all probably see it. Sometimes y'all probably be around them and trying to strike up certain conversation, but they're cautious what they let come out of their mouth. They're very cautious. Because of the anointing is so heavy on their lives and they don't want to dishonor the father. They don't want anything to contaminate or to pollute the anointing that's on their lives. How much time I got? Because I'm going to stay on track. I got 10 minutes. 10 minutes. I'm going to work with this thing in 10 minutes. Now as I began to study this and I thought about that man, how he took a risk. And I say, Lord, I said, Jesus, you took a risk. The work that they do, don't that sound like Jesus? Could y'all just, just, for, just for a minute, would y'all please just stand up? I'm not going to let you stand long because you deserve to sit down and take a break. Don't that sound like Jesus? Matthew 14, it says that he, he looked out among the multitude. And he was moved 
with compassion. For he saw the people as sheep without a shepherd. He was moved. Something in the womb of God's heart poured out because he saw a people that was wounded. He saw a people that was hurt. That people was once you and I before we came into the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. It took somebody to take a risk for us to become a part of the body of Jesus Christ. But ultimately it was Jesus that paid the price. Can't you see Jesus? Every time this man and woman of God hugs me, you feel the love of Jesus. Every single time. I've seen him in Walmart. I've seen him at the gas station. I've seen him in parking lots. He's been to my house. And every time this man and woman of God hug you, you feel the love. And what that is, that's that mercy, that compassion, that grace, and that love that's flowing out of the womb of their heart into you. Because sometimes they may not say nothing, but they know that you're hurting on the inside. And when they hug you, baby, something is released and you receive your healing. You know why? Because they were willing to take a risk. Other than Jesus, I'm going to tell you two other people in the Bible that just stood out to me that took a risk. One of those people were Esther. Jesus. Esther was the wife of King Ahasuerus. Am I saying it right? Some of you Bible scholars. Ahasuerus. Y'all can sit down. I'm sorry. This woman of God was willing to take a risk. Because you know. And it's just like it is with us with Jesus. You don't just bombard the presence of a king. Although she was his wife. She still had a level of respect that she had to go by. But Esther made the bold statement, and this lets you know that she took a risk. She said, if I perish, let me perish. But i got to see the king because the lives of my people are at risk. And I've got to do something, and I'm in a position to do something, to make something happen. Because I can touch the heart of the king. And when you touch the heart of the king, something flows out of his womb. Something flows out of the womb. And when it flows like that, that ain't sympathy. That's empathy. And there's a vast difference. Before I read about Nehemiah, sympathy is this. Acknowledging that the other person is going through an emotional or physical struggle. You acknowledge it. Somebody going through something. Yeah, I know you're going through that. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you're going through that. And you just want to try to give him a word of comfort. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry you had to go through that. That's sympathy. Now, every woman in this building can identify with the other women in here that have children. Even if you don't have children, it's something that God put in women. It's something that God put in women. You may not even have children of your own. But sim- empathy is this. 
It's understanding what the other person is feeling because you had a similar experience. How many of you in here have children? Raise your hand. Now, I as a man can have, you can put them down. I as a man can have sympathy. I as a man can have sympathy for you women that you had to push that baby out. But I can't have no empathy because I ain't never had to go through that and I ain't planning on going through that. I was born a man. I'm going to die a man. I'm going to continue to be a man. And I'm bold enough to say it ain't no sugar in my tank. I'm a real man. 100 authentic, bona fide man. I ain't shaky and I ain't flaky. And I mean what I'm saying. Before I take it back, I add some more to it. I'm a real man. And I can assure you this. This is a real man of God. And this is a real woman of God that has the heart of a servant because they want to please the Father. And when I say this, I'm going to close because I feel like I've been over my time. Back to Esther. She was the one that was in a position. Now, everybody in this room, you know, you may have a certain title position. You know, you, you may let this. But these two are the ones that's in position. Now, you women know there's a certain position you got to get in when you give birth. You got to be in the right position for something to flow. These two are in position. Not saying you can't talk to God. I'm not saying that. But there are certain things that he's only going to reveal to his servants, the prophets. The secret things belong to the Lord. He can't just show everybody because they're feeling, oh, look what I, I got this strong, deep revelation and the Lord showed me this. Baby, you better humble yourself because the Lord give grace to the humble, but he indeed resists the proud. Because you operate in such a level of humility. Ah, ah, God has placed you in a position that something can be birthed and pushed through the womb. Hmm. Let me move on. Esther was the only one in position to ask the king to stop it. <laughs> Sometimes there's danger. See them Jews, they didn't, they didn't know their life was at risk. They didn't know, oh crooked, was it Mordecai? Mordecai had plotted. So there's some plots that the enemy has designed. Haman, Haman, Haman. I bet my bad Haman, Mordecai was her uncle. Let me get it right. Mordecai was her uncle. Haman was the one that tried to set the trap. There's some, can I, can I say this? Haman was his name. Hamanic traps that the enemy has tried to set for some of you. But because these two are in position, these two are in position to cause the king to stop it. What did he say to Abraham? What did Abraham say? Well, Lord, if you find 50. Abraham was in position. Lord, if you find 40, Abraham was in position. Lord, if you find 30, he was in position. If you find 20, he was in position. If you find 10, he was in position. And before he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, he allowed that that was connected to Abram to come out. So my point for saying this is, there's some things that the enemy has tried to set up to cause you to fall and to fail, but because they're in position, to touch the heart of the king. The king won't let you come out of that thing before he destroyed what's trying to take you over. Last one. 
Another man in the Bible. This is it. I'm closing because I, I, I want to be obedient. Nehemiah. King, he was King. Art, how you say that? Art, come on, somebody, a Bible scholar. A-R-T-A-X-E-R-X-E-X. Artaxerxes. Well, that's how I'm going to say it. Artaxerxes. There it is, what the man of God said. He was his cupbearer. And a cupbearer, that ain't look. Then, a cupbearer, if they brought wine to the king, the cupbearer had to sample that to make sure it wasn't poison. So if you're working close to the man and woman of God, you're in a great position. But because they work close to the king, Nehemiah was the cupbearer. Nehemiah took a risk. He led a group of Jews to repair the broken walls of Jericho. Nehemiah had a passion. Nehemiah understood the assignment. Nehemiah knew the mission. And it was going to get accomplished come hell or high water. Nehemiah made up in his mind. We're going to build this wall. This wall is going to get erected. Oh, Sam Ballard and Tobias kept sending negative words trying to distract him and get him discouraged. I know Sam Ballard and Tobias been coming. Oh, this ain't going to work. You better come down over that wall. I'm going to send in some people to destroy it. I'm going to tear it down. I know y'all done heard the voice of Sam Ballard and Tobias. I know y'all done heard it. But because y'all were willing to take a risk, you said this is what we're going to do. We're going to assign some people here in the daytime and sign some here in the nighttime. And what we're going to do, we're going to have a trial in one hand and a sword in the other hand. Baby, I'm going to work and war at the same time because I understand the assignment. There's many nights while y'all in the bed slobbering and snoring. Changing gears in your sleep. Shifting gears. Burning up the clutch. But this man and woman of God approached the king Lord they don't see the attack But I see it because you revealed it by your spirit Lord God I'm coming to touch your heart So that something can flow through the womb That it may be stopped Many a days Many a nights But those are some people in the Bible That was willing to take a risk And I'm going to sit down after this Can y'all just stand once more I want y'all congregation to just Stand up for just a minute and just just stretch your hand toward the man and woman of God. Father, because of the labor of love, these two have shown toward others. And how over the years they have always operated in a spirit of humility and selfless and not selfishness. Willing to give their last so that others, Lord God, can go forward. Willing to give their all, Father, that you be glorified. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you release a special anointed. Breathe upon this man and woman of God afresh. Lord, as I lay hands, come hold this. As I lay my hands upon them. 
Father, let the fire of God. Lebo shina mandiosa. Ibano shiketi liba konda la basaya. Rise le kando riba baba bashande le 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 kiasa. Labondi ke le kando lo lobo shati ala kande osha la baya. Risondo ke le bakita la la baya. Oh, you thank God. Look at me. Look at me. You thank God's favor on y'all now. I saw God's favor just. I saw the favor of God just. It ascended just like it did when the Holy Ghost came on the day of Pentecost. The favor of God. Pastor Mark, Pastor Samiko, get ready because the best is yet to come. Because you have kept the faith, you stood, you stayed the course, you didn't waver even when those negative reports came. You kept your eyes fixed on Jesus, who is the author and finisher of y'all's faith. You didn't allow the naysayers to call you to step back from the mission. Y'all did not allow what people said to stop y'all because y'all understood the assignment. Therefore, the Lord God is going to take you, like I said, he's going to skip a couple floors. So get ready. And I decree over your life in the name of Jesus Christ that the best is yet to come. And your ending shall be greater than your beginning. And everyone that is assigned to this ministry and that is connected to you, understand the anointing flows from the head down. This is no time to jump ship. This is no time to jump ship. You got a Paul on board. As long as you stay on the ship, as long as you stay on the ship, you ain't going to perish because they spend too much time in God's presence. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. I love you both and may God bless you in Jesus name. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.